0: Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're excited that you're with us this morning. We're kicking off this brand new series called Let's Go. And just like you saw in that video, we're going to be talking about the steps that we take in our life that move us forward? What are the actions that Christ has called us to that move us forward personally, but also in the church together as a whole? What is it that he's calling us to as we look at this new year? And this is going to be an exciting series because we're going to talk about the vision. We're going to talk about the heart of what Christ is calling us to. And we've mentioned this in this series um, as we were talking about it and introducing it the past few weeks that we were going to be starting it. This verse in Joshua chapter three and God is speaking to his people and it says this, Joshua speaks to the people and he says, consecrate yourselves, get ready, prepare your hearts, make sure that you're ready because tomorrow I am going to do amazing things through you. In Isaiah, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and he says this for I am about to do something new. He's speaking to his people. See, I have already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in dry places. What is he saying? He's telling his people, hey, I'm getting ready to do something. I'm getting ready to move in your midst. So get ready. Make sure that you're ready to go because I am going to do something through you. And that's the heart of this series, that our hearts would be prepared, that we would understand what God is calling us to and the action that he's calling us to, to move forward towards. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about this, this idea of let's go, let's move into what Christ is calling us to. And We're going to talk today about making disciples, we're going to talk about relationships that are built, about serving others, impacting our community, and a number of different things over the next few weeks. And along with that, we're going to talk about what it means for us personally, but also what is God calling us towards as a church corporately? Not only for our lives throughout the week, but together as a congregation, as a body of believers, where is God calling us, where is he directing us, and where is he leading us towards? And so We believe this, that every week there's going to be some action steps that we're going to take that are going to help move us forward. And so whenever you leave today, when we were thinking about let's go, we thought about shoes, okay? So we got this little shoe here for you guys. Um, Whenever you head out today, we want to encourage you, take this, put it on your keychain. It's just a small thing, but we want it to be a reminder every single week, hey, we're going somewhere. God's calling us towards movement. We're not just staying where we're at. We're not comfortable comfortable with where we've been, but God is calling us towards something more. And so we're going to be looking at this every single week and talking about the place that God is calling us to. And we want to start today by talking about this idea of making disciples. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Let's go make disciples. That's the topic that we're talking about today. In discipleship, this idea of being a disciple, it isn't something, um, it's not a phrase that we probably use a lot outside of the church. Um, This idea of following Christ, disciple makers, or becoming a disciple. It's not used in a lot of other areas. And so I want to take a moment and just talk about what it means to be a disciple. What does it mean when we read in the scriptures that someone was a disciple of Christ, or they were a disciple, or when the command is there to go and make disciples? And in order to discover that, we really just have to look at the life of Jesus. Look at what Jesus did when you read through the story of the Gospels, and when you see what he did He approached 12 young men. These weren't old guys. Most of these guys were probably still teenagers. And he approached him with these simple words. He just said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. And that's what these guys did. For the next three years, these guys followed after Christ. Everywhere that he went, that's where they went. They sat down and they listened to all the messages that he taught. Everything that he said when he talked about what it meant to live in a relationship with God, what it meant to live in God's kingdom and to be a part of the work that God was doing, these young men were right there listening to the words that Jesus was speaking. They saw him open the eyes of the blind. They saw him raise, um, bring back to life dead people, raise them back to life. They saw Jesus do all of these miracles. They watched everything that Jesus did. And so being a disciple, the way that Jesus lived that out, it was just being close enough to these guys that his relationship with God would rub off on them. There was this concept, um, even in this process of disciple making, Jesus wasn't the first person to do this, but it was this Jewish idea. And it was from this Jewish text called the Mishnah. And in the Mishnah, they talked about this, that if you were a disciple of someone, there was this phrase that, that the dust would kind of cover you, their dust would cover you, the powder of their dust would kind of come over every part of your life. And what that meant was that you had followed close enough while whoever you were following was walking down roads. That whenever they taught, you were sitting there at their feet and you were listening to every word. And eventually, who they were, what they believed about God, their teaching and their thought would rub off on you. So this concept of making disciples, being a disciple of Christ is that. Are you willing to open up your life like Jesus did? To get close enough to people, to be there in people's life where who you are and where your relationship with God begins to rub off on them, to spend time with them, to invest in them and to see them grow in their relationship with God. That's this idea of discipleship. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth. He says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul believed. Hey, if you'll just watch my life, if you'll watch the way that I'm worshiping, if you'll watch the way that I'm growing, it will rub off on you and you'll begin to grow in your relationship with God. You'll begin to move forward in what it is that God wants for your life. Church, that's the call that God has for us, that we would get close enough to the people around us that we would see them begin to grow as they look at the life that we have in the relationship that we have with God. So that's this idea of making disciples. And I want us to look at this passage of Scripture where Jesus gives this command. It's in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 28. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. and You can reach down and turn to page 542 in that Bible. And what we're going to discover in this, the end part of this book of Matthew, Jesus, these are the last words that he's speaking to his disciples. He's called this group of men that have followed him for the past three years. And these, this is the last instruction that he's going to give them, the last um, bit of information that he has to give to them before he ascends. And so he's already died at this point. He's already spent three years with this man. He's been resurrected and brought back to life. He spent a few more weeks with them. And now he's giving them this last bit of instruction before he's taken into heaven to be with his father. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, this is what it says. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. If you have that Bible, you can underline that. If you have your smartphone, highlight that, because that's the phrase that we're going to focus in on. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as we read this, this is, as I mentioned, the last words that Jesus is giving the disciples here. And there's probably a lot of things that he could have said to these men that he had spent his life with. There's probably a lot going through his mind. What is the last thing that I want to tell them? What is it that I want to remind them of? What is the last thing that I want them to think of whenever they think of me that I've spoken to them? And Jesus chooses these words right here. As I was studying this passage and reading it over and over again this week and reading what other ministers and what other scholars had said, many scholars said, hey, this is kind of that pivotal point in the gospel Everything in the life of Jesus flows up to this point that he's given his life. And now he's sending the message of hope. He's sending this gospel out into the world. He's telling these disciples, go and make disciples. This is how the message of God's love is going to get out. And then everything else in the rest of the New Testament kind of flows out of this. What we see in the book of Acts, everything that Paul wrote is around this idea of making disciples and God establishing and sending his redemption all throughout the world. So these words that Jesus gives us are very important. And he wasn't only speaking to these 11 guys, he was speaking to the church, to everyone who would come after them, to everyone who would hear these words, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So I want us to look at this passage Where he starts right there, go. Those words are powerful in and of themselves. Go requires action. The very word when you hear go, it makes you think of doing something, of someone starting something, of something getting launched and something taking place. Go requires action. And that's what Jesus was wanting them to understand was that he was calling them to action. They had seen him. They had observed him. They had listened. They had done all of these things for the past three years. And now he's looking at them saying, hey, it's your turn. It's your turn. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now I'm leaving it to you. I'm going away, but I'm calling you to action. Don't just sit there. Do something. Take, take motivation. Take steps to do this. Now, when I hear that word go, it sparks something inside of me. I mentioned to you guys in, in past sermons how in high school I ran cross country. I did track. I did the swim team. And every time I hear that word, I think about those moments when I took off. I'm A competitive person by nature, and that hasn't changed over the years. It was actually a few weeks ago um, that I was reminded how competitive I am. We were, um, a few of the staff members, we were heading over to Travis and Melody's house for our staff and board Christmas party, and as I'm walking out the door with um, Phil and Spencer, we're walking out front here, and there's that awning there, and somehow we start jumping up and seeing who can touch the awning, and I thought, I can jump higher than Pastor Spencer, right? Right? Um, I should be able to do that, and so we're doing this, and then it somehow gets into a competition. And before I know it, I'm lined up out in the parking lot getting ready to race Spencer. Somehow I think, okay, I can do this. I I should be faster than him. Uh, Man, I'm a pretty fast guy. Now, I wasn't taking into account I'm almost 40 years old, and Spencer's just a little bit over 25, Um, but I thought, man, I should still be able to do this, and so I'm lining there Phil's um, on the other end, and you can see what happens right here um, in this video. We get ready to line up. Phil says, go. He starts shooting it in slow motion so we can make sure that we actually have who wins. Um, It's a little bit of a long race, so I clipped it right here. You guys can see the finish line. I am ahead at this point, you guys. And I lean forward, but this is what happens. Go requires action right there, okay? You can't see this in this video where it pauses right there. But I scraped up all of my hand. I took all of the skin off my elbow. I bruised my hip. I was limping for days. But I did win the race, you guys, okay? I did win the race. <laughs> However, Spencer wants a rematch. But when I, when I hear that word, that's what I think of... I, There's something competitive inside of me where I want to do something. I don't want to just sit back. I want to take action. I want to see what I can accomplish and and what it is that I can do. And so that's what Jesus is reminding the disciples. That Christianity, what he's given them, what he's lived out in front of them, that it's not just about information. It wasn't just about them collecting knowledge for those three years, but he's calling them to move and to do something. Let's go and make disciples. This is the call of Christ. And in these last words, he's giving them that go, go do something with this, go do something with your faith. It's not enough just to believe it, but he's looking at them and he's saying that if you believe that I'm the Christ, if you believe that I'm the salvation of the world, if you believe that I rose from the dead, if you truly believe all of that, then belief should require action in your life. You shouldn't just be able to sit there. You shouldn't just be able to sit there and take it in for yourself, but you should go. And that's the call of Jesus to these 11 men right here. It's the call of Christ to each and every one of us. Go should spark action inside of our life that we're willing to take that call of making disciples. And we're willing to do something with it and move God's kingdom forward. There was a famous Christian writer named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And this is what he said. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. He was reminding the church that he was writing to during his time. You can't have Christianity without discipleship. It was the heart of Christ. Everything that he did in those three years was bringing people close to him, calling people in a close relationship, saying, Get close enough to me so that what I have, my relationship with God, will rub off on you so that you'll begin to mimic my life, so that you'll begin to resemble my life and my relationship with God. That's what discipleship is. Church, it's not complicated, but it does require action in our life. That's what Christ is calling us to. Everything in our life requires action. I love this time of year because I am a big NFL football fan. If I sound a little hoarse, it's because my team lost last night, and I spent all of last night screaming at the TV, okay? I was frustrated. But I love this, and as I've watched football, we did fantasy this year with a few of the guys from the church, and as I've watched football and I'm keeping up with the different players, I always hear the commentators say this, all week long, they've studied the game plan. They've looked at the defense's footage, they've looked at all of these other things for the other team, and then on Sunday, they execute the plan. If they win on Sunday it really has to do with what they did everything that they took and then being able to take that information of how they run the offense or how they need to run the defense and be able to execute it everything in our life requires action students everything in your life requires action the teacher gives you the information and then they give you homework right that you do not want to do they teach you punctuation and grammar and sentence structure and then they say go right the essay. And you don't want to do that. But what they want to know is, hey, the information that I've given you, can you do something with it? Can you go? Can you take action with it? When you're at work and your boss gives you a big project and the due date comes, they come back around and they say, hey, did you get it done? Why? Because they want to know, did you take action with that? And that's what Jesus is telling these 11 men. Don't just sit here with this knowledge. See, go requires action. It requires that we do something with it. And it's so important that here, as we're here at the church on Sundays, as we're together and we're hearing the word of God, that you don't just sit in here Sunday after Sunday and take in the information, that you don't just read the scripture and have knowledge about who God is. The call is that you would do something with that, that you would go, that you would move forward in your faith, that you would take action and actually live out what it is that Christ is calling us to do. This week when we were together with the staff in our staff meeting, we're reading a book called Rise and it's talking about how churches grow, how churches move forward and what God is calling them to do. And it said this, if you're a believer in Christ and you've been living for him for a number of years, if you're a mature Christian in this room, you've been following God for a number of years, you need to listen to this. They said the most important thing to make sure that you continue in your relationship with God is this right here, that your faith, gets moved into action. Not just the knowledge that you have, not just more information, but are you actually doing something with everything that you've gained over those past few years? Are you actually moving forward in your relationship with Christ? Because the, the tendency is that after we've walked with God for a little bit, we know it all, we understand it all, and we kind of just go through the routine. And Christ this morning is looking at these 11 men. He's calling out to his church and saying, go, go. Do something with this. I'm calling you into action. He goes on to say this Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. All nations. What he's talking about, discipleship, making disciples, it starts here at home, but it reaches the horizons. Discipleship, this process of making disciples, it starts here at home, but it reaches the horizons, all nations. Now, just think about that for a moment. You may have pictures of things that you've seen um, of other parts of the world, of um, other countries, of other nations. When you start to think about that, your mind may travel to a lot of other places, but all nations really begins right here, right where you're at. And then it extends beyond that. Jesus is saying, hey, start right here, but don't just limit it to that. Let it continue to grow. Let it continue to go forward. And so I picture Jesus, he's standing there in these passionate words to these 11 guys, Probably with tears in his eyes, this is the last thing that he's getting ready to say to them. And with authority, he tells them, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Don't just keep this to yourself. What you've learned for the past three years, begin to share this, begin to give this to other people. And you see this take place. These 11 guys who have been scared, who have been timid, go for the next few days and they begin to pray in Jerusalem. And God's spirit comes upon them. The power of God comes in their life, and all of a sudden, 11 in 120 becomes 3,000. The church begins to grow in Jerusalem, and then it begins to branch out into Samaria. Samaritans were people that were half Jewish, and the Christians, the early Christians said, man, we don't know if God can do this, but we see them being saved. We see them being filled with the Holy Spirit, and so God must be doing something, but for a number of years, it just stayed right there. Just stayed in Jerusalem, stayed in Israel, stayed right there in Samaria. And then all of a sudden, persecution breaks out. It's as, as, as is this nudge from God's spirit. That God's spirit was saying, hey, I'm not going to let you stay right here in Jerusalem. And so Christians have to begin to flee for their life. They're afraid of being in prison. They're afraid of being tortured. And so they begin to go out because they have to, because they can't stay there any longer. And all of a sudden, when that happens, when the persecution breaks out, now you have the gospel being taken into Cyprus, into Damascus. It's as if Jesus was saying, hey, I want my hope to go down to Ethiopia. I want it to spread up into Greece. I'm not going to let you keep it right here where you're at, but I'm going to spread it all around the world. He's reminding the church, remember those last words that I said all nations. It starts here, but it stretches out to the end, to the horizons, to the end of the world. And you read through the book of Acts and you read the life of Paul and pretty soon it's going up into Europe. Thomas is taking it over into India and it's going down into Africa. Why? Because jesus was not satisfied with just a few people having it see he's calling us to make disciples and it starts right here but it stretches all around the world that's the call of god is that we would take this that we would feel that passion we would feel that burden that he's calling us to and we would do something with that now you may be sitting here this morning saying i'm not in africa and i'm not in asia and i don't know a lot of other languages and so i can't do that So let me ask you this question. What are you doing right where you're at? See, what are you doing that all nations? What are you doing right where God has placed you? You can look to the ends of the world, but what are you doing? Are you starting right where God has called you to be at right now? Because you may not be responsible for the ends of the world, but you are responsible for your family. You are responsible for your workplace. You are responsible for Mesquite and Rowlett and Terrell and Forney, wherever God has placed you. You are responsible for the school that he's placed you in. Right now, in this moment, you may not be responsible for Asia or Africa or another part of the world, but you will give an account and you'll have to answer for what you did in making disciples right here, right now, where God has placed you. So church, what are you doing for all nations right where you're at? What are you doing with what God has given you? Are you keeping it in for yourself? And I've prayed that prayer. I've asked for salvation. I'm walking with Christ. And Jesus says, hey, that's not enough. You don't just keep it for yourself, but take it and spread it. Find out where he's calling you to go. Find out where he's leading you, wherever it is that he's asking you to go. That's where you need to go. And so if you're sitting at school and you're, you're across the cafeteria table from someone else, if you're at the workplace and you're in the lunchroom or the break room, wherever it is, you're called to go and to make disciples, not to keep this thing in for yourself. That's the call of Christ for our life to go to all nations to spread this to allow the message of salvation to go wherever it is that Christ has called us and to wherever it is that he's leading us. That's the call that we have as a church. That's why this thing started over five years ago now. That's why Jesus called us making people and places new because it wasn't just for us. It wasn't just about our transformation. God called us to say, hey, I'm placing you in a community that's hurt and that's broken and that's in need of hope and that's in need of the love of Christ. And so I want you to go demonstrate that to other people. That's our call as a church. We don't stop here, you guys. This isn't the ending point for us. We're not comfortable where we're at. Christ is calling us to go out to do more than we've ever been able to do before to allow God to use us to reach more people. See, your call to make disciples of all nations. And I want you to take a moment, just look around this room here this morning. Probably look in front of you, look behind you, and you see a lot of empty chairs, don't you? We have, we had to last week for our five-year celebration because this place was packed, but we pulled out all the chairs that we have. And the call of God is that we would fill these. You guys, not that we would be comfortable with just knowing one another with who's in the room right now. No, we have a call of God. We have a mandate from Jesus that we would continue, that we would continue to go forth and to make disciples of all nations, that we would grow, that we would reach out, that we would share the truth of the gospel in our workplace with our family, that we would always be looking where Christ has placed us and how we can make more disciples. And so that's our desire. Every week we're praying that God fill up these chairs. Fill up these chairs. See, each of these chairs, it represents someone that you go to work with, someone that lives down the street from you, someone that's in your class, someone else that you know that is hurting, whose marriage is failing, who's broken, who has addictions in their life. And they're waiting for you to go, for you to fulfill the call of Christ, to go and to make disciples of all nations. But the question is, are we going to do something about it? See, that's the vision that I have. That's what I believe is God is speaking to our church that we would do that, that we would pack this place out and then we would have to build on, that we would have to expand what God is calling us to do here. I have a dream for that, that we would build a whole nother building just for our kids, That kids, when they come into this place, that they would be able to be discipled, not only be able to worship, but have small group rooms where they could meet with adults who are pouring into their lives, who are speaking truth. This isn't just about us, you guys. This is about building a legacy for the next generation. But if we're not careful, we'll get comfortable and all nations will mean just me, just me and my family, just what I'm okay with. And God is saying, no, you've got to go. You've got to spread this around the world. You've got to do more. I'm calling you to do more new community church. Don't just sit comfortably where you're at. But look around you, look where I'm calling you to be at. And then it doesn't just stay here. See, I'm already praying, God, over the next few years, fill this place. And then God, send us to Rollette. Send us to Rockwell. God, send us to Forney. And then, Lord, send us to Central America and send us to South America. God, send us to Southeast Asia. God, do not let us be comfortable with just mesquite, Lord. As long as there's still people that are hurting, you guys, this mandate, this command that God has given us, it doesn't end here, it doesn't just end with us, but it's for all nations. It's for everyone that need to hear the message of Christ and need to hear the hope of Christ. I'm praying that God would send some of you guys. That as this place is filled, that God would take some of you and plant you at a different campus. I'm believing that, that some of you are going to be called as missionaries into other parts of the world. You're going to pack your stuff. You're going to pack up your family. You're going to go with the spouse and you're going to begin to spread the message of Christ. Plant churches in other areas and new community church is going to send you. I believe that he's calling us to all nations, church. He's calling us to all nations. We cannot be comfortable with where we are at and with what he's done. And so at the end of this series, we're going to have a chance to invest in the vision that God is giving us. Every single week, we're going to talk about this. We're going to have a moment in the service where we're talking about the future and what God is calling us to. And on February 14th, we're going to have a chance to give to that. We're going to take up a let's go offering because I believe this. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited what God is doing. And I know it's going to cost something. And I want to invest in what God is doing to change and to transform our community and to make a difference around us because I believe in this command. Let's go into all the world and make disciples into all nations and make disciples and see people one for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, are you willing to do that? That's the call. This is right here, this last thing that I have as I read this passage over and over again. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. I realize this, it's a command, it's not a comment. This isn't an option. This isn't something that Jesus said, hey, if you get around to it, if you feel like it, Whenever you have the time, you know, maybe sneak this into your schedule. No, he's saying, this is what I'm telling you to do. This is the last thing that I have to say to you. And then I'm done physically here on this earth speaking to you in this same way. This is the last thing that I'm going to tell you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It's a command. It's not a comment. It's not an option for his church. We're called to do this. I don't know if you've ever made this mistake as a parent or as a babysitter watching kids. But sometimes I'll turn um, to one of my kids and... I'll say, hey, would you mind going to wash the dishes? And because Micah, um, one of our sons, is a little bit more like me than Sarah, he'll answer like this, yeah, I do mind. I don't want to do that, Dad. And I get a little frustrated, but I realize I've probably fed into that, okay? He's my disciple, and so he acts a whole lot like me. And so then I have to turn to him and say, okay, well, then I'm no longer asking, okay? I'm telling you now, go and wash the dishes. And then he'll get up. And go do that. And that's what Jesus is doing here with his disciples. This is a command. Go, therefore, and make other disciples. This is a command. Teach them everything that I've taught you. Everything that you read about in my word, I'm telling you, you need to go tell other people that. Hey, they need to follow in this act of baptism where they're dying to the old self and where they're being raised new into new life, this symbolic thing. You need to do that. Baptize people. These are commands that God has given us. They're not an option. They're not a comment. They're not a side note. He's looking at his disciples saying, this is what I'm telling you to do. This is what I'm saying has to be done. You have to go into all the world and make disciples. Church, are we living this out in a way that it's a command? See, because there is no option B. There's no other option. God sent his son. Jesus gave his life. The thing that was closest to God, the thing that he loved the most, he gave him. He allowed him to be crucified and tortured here by his creation. He gave him. And then he looks at you. He looks at me just like he's looking at these 11 guys saying, okay, now it's up to you. Now it's up to you. I'm not sending angels. I'm not putting a billboard in the sky. I'm looking at you. I'm looking into your eyes and I'm saying, go and make disciples, go and make disciples, go tell other people, share the message of the gospel, share with other people what it is that I've told them to do. And we have that same challenge in our life. Are we willing to take this forward? Are we willing to understand the command that he says? Because one day we're going to give an account for this. Just like in other parts of your life. You're going to give an account for this. One day you're going to stand before Jesus if you're a believer. And it's not going to be a question of salvation because you're only saved by grace. You're not saved by what you do. So it's not going to be a thing of do you make it into heaven or do you go to hell? But he is going to stand in front of you and say, hey, what did you do with the last command that I gave you? See, what did you do with what I asked you to do and to go into all the world and make disciples? What did you do with the last thing that my son said to you? And church, what you have to offer to God in worship is going to have a lot to do in that moment with what you did here on this earth in making disciples. in following what it is that he asked us to do, what it is that he said for us to do. So my question is, what are you doing with that? When you look at your life, when you look at every day in your life, are you fulfilling that command that he's giving you? You can say, Aaron, I'm not... I'm not that strong of a Christian, like I'm not like these heroes that you're talking about. Did you read the passage that I read you? There's 11 guys that are standing there. They know that Jesus has died. They know that he's resurrected. And when they're standing there and he's physically in front of them, what does the passage say? Oh, yeah. And some doubted. See, these aren't heroes in the faith, you guys. These aren't spiritual giants, okay? A few weeks earlier, they're hiding in a room, fearing for their life because Jesus is dead. The person closest to them is gone. They don't know what to do. These aren't men of mighty faith that are willing to take over the world. But they hear this command and they're saying, God, we'll do something about it. We're willing to step up. We don't have it all figured out, God, but we're willing to do something. And the question is not, do you have it all figured out? Are you the best Bible scholar? Do you understand every part of the Bible? The question is, are you willing to get close enough to people so that your relationship with God starts to rub off on them? And what you have with Christ begins to cover over their life. And they become more and more like Christ because of who you are, because of what God is doing inside of you. And so this is what we're going to do. We're called to go and to make disciples, and we're going to do this. We're going to start right here where God is places, and then we're going to look over the next few months and years where he is calling us to. And the ushers are going to help us right now. They're going to hand you out this little card right here. And I want you to take that. um, You can hold it in your hand and ask that you take that with you this week. And you put it somewhere where you remember, where it's a reminder every day of the actions that God is calling us to. Our desire in this series that you guys can just begin to hand those out. Just take one and pass it down the aisle. Our goal in this series is not that you would walk out of this service and just have some information. Not that you would walk out of this service and say, hey, Pastor Aaron seemed really passionate about that. He seemed really excited about that. But that every week you would walk out and you would know, "Okay, God, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go, God. God, I'm going to make some movements. I'm going to take some action. I'm going to take some steps forward, God. And I'm going to do what you're calling our church to do. We don't accomplish this big vision. We don't plant churches other places. We don't start campuses if we don't take care of where God has placed us at. If we don't take these small steps that lead to bigger steps that allow us to take the journey that God is calling us towards. And so this is what we're going to do this week. Every single one of us, you're going to do this. You're going to just look around you. It may be in your family. I love what Lauren and Heath are doing every Wednesday night with their boys and with some of their friends, doing a Bible study, pouring the word of God into them. Discipleship, it starts right in your home. One or three, one to three people. It may be in your workplace, maybe with that coworker and you know they're going through something. You may be a boss It may be one of your employees, and they look up to you, they respect you, and you have a chance to begin to speak Jesus into their life. Identify who those are. Then just have a spiritual conversation with them. Challenge them. I was sitting down with someone this week, and they said, man, I don't have these big spiritual goals. I said, it's okay. Where are you at right now in your relationship with God? Let's start there. Let's start right where you're at. Have that spiritual conversation over coffee, over the phone at the workplace, wherever that's at. Talk to them this week about where they're at with God. And then do this, begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for those doors to open. Begin to pray for other conversations to happen. Begin to pray for that, that God would use use you to fulfill this commandment that he's giving us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, that Christ would do that in us. See, church, we're going to take some steps. We're going to create action with these beliefs that we have. And I believe that we're going to see this area and all the way to the ends of the world change through our church and through what God wants to do. And I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I don't want to share a message like this without giving the opportunity or asking if there's someone in the room this morning and you're saying, Pastor Aaron, you're giving this opportunity speech, you're giving this message, what it is that God says about making disciples, but I don't know if my life is really reflecting Christ. This morning, I'm sitting here and I don't know how I'm doing with being an example of who God is personally for myself. I've never really taken that step. I've never made that decision to surrender my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Christ and to make that decision to give your heart to Jesus and to begin to follow him. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come forward to the altar, and I want to pray with you. The word of God is very clear that we've all sinned, we've all messed up. We all fall short of what God wants for our life, and there's nothing we can do to fix it on our own. We can't fix ourselves, but Jesus has already paid the price. He gave his life on the cross, and all we have to do is accept that gift. And if that's you, you're here this morning and you want to surrender your life to Christ. You don't have a relationship with God, but you want to start that this morning. If that's you right now, would you stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all, God's tugging at your heart this morning. We'll wait just a moment here because I don't want you to miss this opportunity if he's speaking to you. It's a free gift. It's his invitation. Well, if there's no one here in that situation this morning, I'm going to ask, just take that action card that the ushers handed you. Take that in your hand. And let's pray this morning that God would help this message to go from information, to go from knowledge into our heart and to help us begin to live out his call to make disciples. Church, pray with me this morning. Jesus, we come to you, Lord, and we're, we're thanking you, Lord, for a message where you've reminded us, God, of the call, the command that you have for us, Lord. Not just to receive you for ourselves, Lord. Not just to take this in on our own, but Lord, to share this. And God, I know it could seem like a big task, but Lord, help us to start right where we're at, God. Right where you've placed us. And so I'm looking across this room, God. And I'm praying that in the workplace, God, in people's homes this week, God, with our families, Lord. Wherever it is that you have us, God, in our schools, Lord, do something in our lives this week. God, help us to reach out beyond our comfort zone and to begin to see all nations. And let it start right where we're at, God. Lord, let us get close enough to people. Let us open up our lives enough, God, where our relationship with you begins to rub off on other people, Lord, and they're changed and they're transformed, Lord. And then it begins to spread. God, I'm praying that. Use this church over the next few months and over the next few years, God, to reach out beyond where we're at, God, even to other parts of the world, Lord, and to see you change and transform, Lord. We want to be a part of your calling, Lord, and building your kingdom, God. And so we surrender everything that we are, Lord. Help us to live this out, we pray in your name. Amen.